0: Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Wisdom Wisdom Wednesday. Wednesday. I like that one. That was fun. There was like a climax. It was like a it story. was a climax. We went straight into story structure in those very short syllables. Story structure 101. Exactly. So everybody, just a small shameless plug. You are radically loved. A Healing Journey to Self-Love is out. She's out in the world. And if you haven't received her, I'm going to show you if you're watching this video on YouTube, which you should be because Tessa and I are hilarious. Um, (laughs) The book is out and people are reviewing. Thank you so much. For those of you who have reviewed the book on Amazon, I, oh my God, look at Tessa. You have to talk so that the thing switches over to you. I'm just rubbing her on my face. She's just (laughs) rubbing the book on her face. This is so great. (laughs) So pretty. I love the cover. I want to begin today's talk. I know that we have a, a plan. We're talking about uh, contentment today.
1: Yeah, it's. I feel like, oh, such a good topic. But go it, ahead, what were you going to say? It,
0: she's like, it's such like, a good topic.
1: It is so good.
0: I feel like I should read a passage from the book that will give the conversation today a little bit more context, if that's okay. Oh,
1: please, yes, please. Okay,
0: but before we do that, but I do want to call out the fact that we are living in chaotic times. Actually, that's kind of where I'm. we should start there because mm-hmm. Tessa and I are working really hard to continue our work going. But last week, uh, whenever you're listening to this, I don't exactly know the day, but this is pre recorded. And as we're having this conversation, there is a war <laughs> going on. Mm -hmm. And when this was happening right in the midst of it, I was in the middle of doing some interviews for the book and Tessa and I were like frantically texting back and forth, just trying to get updated on the happenings of the world. You know, I'm not a big news person. I try not to to watch the news too much because it upsets me. And uh, But I, I stay... Informed by reading a couple of outlets that I follow, and Tessa was giving me the the updates, and I, you know, it's I'm torn, right? Because part of me wants to just stop everything that I'm doing. Like that day, we kind of canceled everything, and we just were trying to be present and bear witness and just try and make sense of the world that seemingly at times doesn't make any sense. Yeah it's heartbreaking what is happening. It's just, it's so sad and unfortunate. And I want us to just take a moment to just acknowledge and bear witness that people are in a deep state of suffering. And on that note, I want to also call out that we living here in the U.S. have a lot of people also going through it. And not to Minimize or negate the experience of living in a war torn country. Mm. Absolutely not doing that at all. It's just bringing to the surface that we are in a constant state of fear and tragic. Yeah, like just tragedy and upset. And it's hard to make sense of the world when so many things don't make any sense, right? Mm.
1: Hmm. Yeah,
0: I was talking to one of my friends about this the other day and she was like, well, now is the time that people really need radical love. People really need to have that experience. And I I agree, but at the same time, it does feel a little bit (laughs) trivial (laughs) to Mm -hmm. say, oh yeah, by the way, here, let's promote this book because that's just what we need to do right now contractually. So let's just do our job you know? Mm. Yeah.
1: I can see both sides of the story because I agree with your friend. It is what we need right now. More More than anything is not only radical love, but the ability to look at both sides and try to find a common ground, try to find a way forward. We talked about this last Wisdom Wednesday, instead of blaming and shaming each other, can we find the solution? Can we work together? Even if we don't agree on what is right and what is wrong, right? But that's exactly what you're speaking to in the book and coming from a place that you come from, you can resonate with that. Not necessarily living in war in the context of like bombs getting dropped on your head, but like in a war zone of gang violence. Right. So it's, I feel like it's relevant in the, in the way that what happens when you live in that chaotic environment, your sense of safety, your sense of self, your sense of stability is ripped out from underneath you and
0: it's basically survival mode, right? Yeah. yeah. And part of what I talk about in that first chapter is how a lot of us can't even begin our spiritual journey, our spiritual path until we feel safe. And if you're worried about dying because you're in the middle of a war, it's going to be very difficult for you to embark on this privileged spiritual journey, right? Mm -hmm. That I feel like I knew so many people, especially growing up in that chaotic environment, that if you came up to them and said, oh, just think positively, just focus on the positive. It's like, I just saw somebody get killed. Like, what do you Mm -hmm. mean focus on the positive? You're dealing with the physiological, visceral trauma of having this experience. And so what are we left with? What are we left to do with that other than to bear witness and to be as fully present as we can and to support in any way that we can, to be honest with ourselves, to be compassionate, to spread kindness and love and support as opposed to creating a bigger divide, creating a more ground for us to separate. Mm-hmm.
1: Anytime we have this kind of conversation, I think back to Joe Keohane. I can't remember what episode number that was, but just the importance of starting the conversation. Even if you're not in that war-torn area, but maybe you have friends and family who who do have friends and family over there, like asking them how are they feeling? How can you support them? Do you want to talk about it? Can I lend an ear to you? I think it's so important to just open the door to have the conversation. I think that's where change starts. Like if you think about diplomacy on a bigger scale, it's about being willing to come to the table and have the conversation in the first place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we need more of that understanding. We need more of this type of approach, this open, more compassionate approach of extending your arm out and helping the other or bearing witness to the other. So, and this is all the aspiration. It's an aspiration to be in that state and it doesn't always work and not everybody's going to agree with you. And unfortunately that's where we are, you know, like I am a big fan of doing exactly what you're saying, asking people how they are, seeing how people are, sort of reacting to this current state and time and how it can be really scary for a lot of people. And I mean, needless to say, the people that are in that position, obviously. Mm -hmm. So yeah, look, we here at the Radically Loved headquarters are sending radical love and support any way we can. And I just, I hope that we can continue to um, do better, (laughs) you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think this has me thinking a lot about childhood. I remember learning about the Gulf War. I think it was about seven when that was going on. And I remember feeling like really scared and just trying to understand. I didn't really get it. My dad was trying to explain to me that war was happening. It wasn't necessarily going to directly impact us in a in a way that we should be afraid for our lives. But I just remember feeling like, why do I get to be so lucky here in this safe space in the world and feeling like I wanted to to help in some way. And I remember my dad taught me this prayer. We had this little altar. We, We weren't religious per se, but we had an altar and we had a sense of spirituality. And so there would be like sage and we would smudge and little artifacts. And he taught me the prayer to just hold these people in your mind's eye and to offer up may you remember that you will always be okay. May you find a white light to guide you and keep you safe. May you find hope, help, and happiness along the way. And that's something that I've said before in in past conversations, but I think it's worth just saying it again right now. Yes. Thank you. Say it again. (laughs) So may you remember that you will always be okay. May you find a white light that guides you and keeps you safe. May you have hope, help, and happiness along the way.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. It's so beautiful and definitely so needed. So to everybody out there who is struggling or is going through a really hard time, we're with you and um, just know that we're all together, man. Like this is just Mm -hmm. all we're doing. We're just all trying to navigate it the same. We're just trying to get through it, so... All right. Well, that being said, the world continues to turn. So let's continue on to our topic of contentment. And this actually came up last week. I have some of my notes when we were talking about the yamas and the niyamas. I think we we're talking about the sutras. I can't actually even remember now. But the, the point yeah. was... We wanted to have a conversation about contentment or Santosha. And so this Santosha or contentment doesn't mean that we sit idly by uh, relinquishing the need to do anything. It just means accepting or appreciating what we have. Yeah. Like where we are and moving forward from that. So I think, although it seems simple at first, I think it's, probably one of the hardest practices to implement, especially if you're on the spiritual path, because ultimately, we're always striving to get to the elusive there, Mm, right? Yeah. (laughs) And there is no there there. (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm not trying to ruin life's surprises for you, but it is definitely an elusive thing. And I think that the more that we focus on being at home within ourselves, finding that contentment, it's easier to move from that space as opposed to if it's in your nature to want more constantly, not allowing yourself to rest when you're unsatisfied, giving yourself that sort of perpetual Urge to do more, do better, acquire more, be better than, etc., to get to a place of true acceptance and contentment. And I feel like a lot of that has to, has more to do with cultivating self compassion than it does with acquiring accolades, if that makes sense.
1: 100%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think. I've been thinking about this topic a lot since we we talked about it last week. And I'm also reading the book, The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist oh, right now.
0: Love Lynn. So
1: good. And this particular topic keeps coming up as I listen in terms of like the contrast of what does it look like when you're not in the state of contentment? Because I, I tend to think about it right now as in more of a state of being and less of um, something that I'm striving towards. So when I'm not in that state of being of contentment, where am I in my head space and my energetic body? Usually it's in a state of scarcity or lack mentality. So that shows up in the way of like, not good enough, shaming, blaming, don't have enough. And so when I can notice that, when I notice that kind of conversation going on in my head, One little mantra that I've been working with a lot lately is just telling myself inside my head or out loud, (laughs) I am enough, I have enough, I do enough, which is really at the end of the day, when I look at all the things that I am and that I do and that I have is absolutely 100% true. I am enough. I have enough. I do enough. There's really no argument you can make against that for me, you know? So I find that juxtaposition helpful in terms of like making this sense of Santosha contentment concrete or something that you can really wrap your mind around or head around. When we're talking about things like this that, that are philosophical, oftentimes it, it's sometimes hard to ground in reality or like, how do I tangibly apply that to my life? Yeah. So that's one way I kind of have been practicing contentment. And of course, you know, we talk about all the time like gratitude journals, or just like even waking up in the morning and just lying in bed, and can you think of one, two, three things that you are grateful for, and and let them be very simple. They don't have to be extravagant, right?
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I love the practical approach and the answers always lying in exactly what you're saying, and in a state of non-attachment, right? Yes. Or as they would say yeah. in in yoga, viragya. An appreciation of our, of our truest self to be able to get into that state of how can I become non-attached to this idea of what I think happiness is or what's going to fulfill me, right? Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. when it comes to money. But um, this is very sort of uh, Bhagavad Gita 101, mm. where the Gita teaches us to look inside of ourselves to find happiness as opposed to the external, right? So realizing that peace and happiness lie within us and teaches us that when we rely on the external to bring about the desire for freedom, inevitably will sort of always like ricochet us back into a state of discontentment even more because Mm. we're constantly on this what do they say? We're on on the hedonic treadmill all, all day, every day. And, and a lot of it has to do with our ego, right? Like our ego experiences, joy, pain, loss, desire, greed, and also happiness. And we become attached to that happiness. And mm-hmm. that clinging ultimately is what perpetuates that feeling of, of discontent. We're clinging on, we're sort of gripping this idealized life that perhaps isn't what is present. I want to make the the delineation between positive thinking and, and wanting to manifest something with clinging and attachment to something, right? Having this drive or the desire to want to have financial abundance or financial freedom, There's nothing wrong with wanting security to cultivate more of that abundance. But at the same time, if you're clinging on to that, thinking that this is the only way that you're gonna find worth, the only way that you are going to achieve a deep level of happiness, the whole process begins again, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: The traditional guidance with fertility has always been, just wait and see. But now we have the tools to help us plan for and track everything in our lives. Wellness, finances, career, school. Why is fertility still a wait and see? That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with your prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, your ovarian reserve, aka how many eggs you have compared to other women your age, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means and you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. My own personal fertility journey has been put on hold because of, well, you know, COVID. So I was really excited to get my Modern Fertility test to see what was going on. I had an incredible one-on-one with a fertility nurse and I'm happy to say that our journey is just beginning. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility gets you the same info at $159, which is a fraction of the price. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off of the test when you go to modernfertility.com forward slash loved. That means your test will cost $139 instead of hundreds or thousands at a doctor's office. Get $20 off of your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com forward slash loved. That's modernfertility.com forward slash loved. You know that one item that you wear, that favorite vintage t-shirt that just fits like a glove, you can wear all day long, even at night, and it just feels like it's just molded for your body? For third love, it's their 24-7 classic t-shirt bra. It's their number one bra for a reason. It offers unparalleled comfort thanks to every unique detail in its fit, style, function, and design it's loved and worn by millions of women and it doesn't pinch or dig and you won't want to take it off the moment you walk into the door the 24 7 t-shirt bra is designed to fit and form to your body because every detail has been made with ultimate comfort in mind it's super comfortable and i can wear it under any t-shirt and not have these weird bra lines the memory foam cups give your boobs everyday comfort and support and who doesn't want that extra foamy support for the boobs i know i do it's available in cups a through i including third love's exclusive half cups here's the best part they have this incredibly in-depth quiz where you can find your perfect size if you don't love your fit they'll exchange or return for free for up to 60 days Feeling is believing, my friends, so you can upgrade to everyday pieces that love your body as much as you do. Right now, you can get 20% off of your first order at thirdlove.com forward slash loved. That's 20% off at www.thirdlove.com forward slash loved. That's T-H-I-R-D-L-O-V-E dot com forward slash loved to get 20% off of your first order. I hope you enjoyed Third Love as much as I do.
1: A hundred percent. And it's also to add on to that, I think that we oftentimes get caught up in the, um, well, of course, keeping up with the Joneses, but it's this idea that we need more than we actually do. And you brought up the Bhagavad Gita, one of my favorite lines. I can't remember exactly which page or stanza it is, but it's something along the lines of, even a little bit of this work will shelter you from great sorrow. So even a little bit, you know, even a little bit of the the path, the work, the practice will shelter you from great sorrow. And, and, you know, sometimes less is more. And I think back to times in my life when, you know, from a financial perspective, just out of college graduated at the height of the recession, oh, man. looking for jobs, you know, single income. And my partner and I just moved up to Seattle and we made do with a lot less and it was creative. It was fun. It was scrappy and we were happy, you know, and I'm not saying we're not happy now. We have a lot now to be grateful for, but like we get caught up in thinking that that shiny thing is going to bring that happiness, which isn't, yeah, it might in the moment, but it
0: doesn't last. It's very fleeting, that kind yeah. of happiness. Yeah, Tori calls it shiny shit syndrome. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good calls reminder. It, totally, yeah. and it's so true because we, I mean, I want to invite everybody that's listening or watching this right now. Think about that goal that you have that ultimate, that goal—that's just your why of why you're doing everything. The thing that, when it happens, you'll be incredibly full of love and joy and support, and ultimately just happy. Mm. So I want you to think about that right now. To so everybody, let's all just dream together. New York Times bestselling author. Let's just let's just think about that real quick. <laughs> yes. Just one. This one little dream. And for those of us that can go into that frequency, the feeling of, okay, you're thinking about whatever it is that you want to accomplish, new job, new career. If you're looking for love, if you're wanting to embark on a spiritual journey, what does that feel like knowing that it's happening now? Relax your body, just relax your throat, the muscles of your face, just breathe easily and just allow yourself to be in that state. Okay, and when you're ready, now you can blink your eyes and and come out of it. You can visit that experience at any time. So that joy, that happiness, yes, the mind says, but when it happens in real life, it'll be better.
1: Mm. (laughs) It'll be
0: so much better. The mind is always going to want what's better. So the whole purpose of that practice is to feel and see that you are capable of feeling that deep sense of fullness and completion, that you don't need to actually achieve it in order to feel the fruits of that. Desire. Now, the problem is for some people, like that's enough. They're dreamers. They want to just, it's those friends that you have in your life that just like to talk about creating and like to talk about one day doing something. Mm-hmm. And it's the addiction they have to the thrill of what it's like. So they'll keep talking about it. You know, those people, you have those people in your life that. Constantly, oh, yeah. yeah, right. That talk about <laughs> for years and years. I mean, I've got friends that for the last 20 years, they've been writing that first book, right, or that mm-hmm. idea, that screenplay. And then, and for them, maybe that's what makes them happy. They're mm-hmm. the extent to that surge of happiness, contentment is having the thrill of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And who are we to judge?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The other is the person that has that thought, that desire, that now speaks it out loud to somebody that they love or somebody that they care about. And from that spoken word, puts pen to paper, and then that blinking cursor on the screen, and then the first paragraph, the second, the third, and fourth page, first chapter, and so on to having the final product come about and then have that experience, the joy, Mm -hmm. the contentment. Now, both people are having the same experience when they're thinking about it, right? The feeling of, wow, this is what it feels to have my work complete, or the other one just has the desire, right? Mm -hmm. And, Some people are the ones that will execute from beginning to end, and some people are the ones that will just keep talking about it. And they're really, look, there's all kinds of people in the world. But to me, I like to separate between the people who like to talk about it and the people who are actually going to do it. Now, there's been several instances in my life where there's certain items that I love to talk about. And I'll keep talking about them until maybe one day they'll come true. And there's other items on my list that I can turn from thought into creation. And I think it's important for us to acknowledge what exactly these goals and desires fulfill within us. Mm -hmm. Is it enough? When is it enough? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. When is it enough? Is it enough just to talk about it? Maybe it is that's okay. Is it not enough? Is it you're needing more of a propellant to move you forward? Now, the people that do create, is the creation enough or is getting on a bestseller list enough? And is that really going to, that person that just wants that, you think that's going to be enough? It's a good question. Mm. (laughs) I don't know. It's highly doubtful in my experience, Mm. but Mm -hmm. But that's the perpetual cycle of finding that elusive contentment, finding that elusive happiness, is that it's all a practice, it's all a process, and it's a perfect exercise in self-compassion and self-acceptance to get to that place, right? Yeah, I love that.
1: Can I ask you a question?
0: Yeah. You can ask anything you want.
1: So, and and for listeners to answer for yourself, as I'm asking Rosie, if you would like, when in your life have you felt the most content?
0: Mm. God, I feel like, I feel like I can think of several Mm. moments and they all involve being still. Mm. And the first one that came to my mind was there was this moment right after we were done with our house, right? Everything was done. There was no more construction. There was no more plastic everywhere and paint and just huge mess. And actually, no, that's not true. We were still doing our other bathroom. So we were actually living in the spare bedroom. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're watching TV. It was at night and it was Tori and I were laying in bed and Chewy was still around my little Shih Tzu and Chowder was just a little pup. Mm. Um, And we were laying in bed and I just had this moment of like, wow, this is everything to me right now. Like this moment, if I don't wake up tomorrow, this was worth it just having this experience of watching some shitty TV show on TV. It wasn't even anything noteworthy, but we're just laying there. And I just had that moment of like, this is perfect. This is Mm -hmm. so, so perfect. And then, you know, the next day and you're complaining and you're making lists and you're talking about how things would be better if, we were all, the construction was complete and things would be better <laughs> now that we've done this place to move to another place. And it's the constant. But the minute you just ask that contentment question, I, I try to notice those moments a lot. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this morning, I sent you a text message with some baby hummingbirds being hatched, right? So, yeah. so I, for an hour and 15 minutes, just sat there and watched that nest and I saw the mama hummingbird leave and come back. And I, and there's some, I was just, you know, kept taking pictures and video. And then I stopped myself. I said, stop like enough. I know you want to share this with the world, but just watch, just have this experience. I'm like, this could be, it's definitely the first, it could be the only ever experience that I'll ever have seeing this happen before my eyes this to give you a little bit of context if you don't follow me on instagram tori and i found a hummingbird nest right outside of our office door literally right out like right outside head level and we'd been watching it and my sister-in-law came over with my niece one day because we kept seeing this little hummingbird sit in there and i'm like oh my god she's so cute she's like oh, she probably has eggs in there And I was like, this, no way. There's no way. So I got on my tippy toes and I put my camera, you know, I took a picture just kind of over bird eye view, no pun intended. And sure enough, there was two eggs in there. And I was just, I thought that was the coolest fucking thing ever. I mean... So then I started to do all the research. I'm Googling. I'm like, okay, hummingbird, eggs. Because then, of course, I hear all these horror stories from other people once I started a post about it. Oh, you got to be careful and make sure your dogs don't eat them. And just horror story. And I'm like, listen, yeah. some of them were like, oh, the mama hummingbird might not come back and leave the eggs. This is what you need to do. You need to move the entire tree. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. Whoa, the entire tree. This, this is, is just, <laughs> guys, like... So apparently it takes two weeks for hummingbird eggs to hatch, just as everybody everybody knows. And they finally hatched. And so those little baby... So one of them hatched first. This happened a couple of days ago. Now the second one is hatched and they're just kind of moving around in there. And so I'm just sitting there literally staring. I mean, there was a couple of times Tori came and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just staring at this. Now she did this. She's getting on the little edge. I don't know. I think she's feeding them or something. I'm I'm trying to figure out exactly what's going on here. But I had this moment of like, in the midst of the chaos that is the world right now, there is still new life. Mm-hmm. And that moment was just so, so beautiful. And of course you want it to last forever. Mm-hmm. But then I get bombarded with the tasks of the day, right? I have to get to work. I got to shower. I've got to do my, my job. But for me, it's just taking those little moments of whatever it may be. A lot of the times we go into the ego with contentment. How am I content? Mm -hmm. How do I find contentment for me, myself, Mm -hmm. as opposed to contentment being this state of being that we enter?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: right so yeah. i enter contentment by watching this experience of life being born mm-hmm. yeah I so, love
1: that. yeah what about you uh similarly so many things i can think of but the one that stands out the most i think is the years I spent in college in the sweetest little town of Ashland, Oregon, which if you have ever been there is magic. Yes.
0: So it's like the best, literally <laughs> the best town in Oregon. Oh, it's just
1: precious. I, I feel like I always called it a vortex because whenever I would leave the vortex, you can, <laughs> there's like a definite sense of energy shift. You know, it's, it's where I met my partner, my lifelong friends, my besties, I, had such an amazing college experience. I learned how to salsa dance, which if you know me, that's probably when I'm the most happiest is when I'm dancing. I've been dancing since I was like five. And um, I, when I met my partner, we, that's how we met. We started salsa dancing together and uh, we did a couple of shows for our school. So it was super fun. We choreographed it. We performed it on this big stage and just like the thrill of, Using your whole body intellectually, the, the skill and the precision that comes with being able to, to move your body and, you know, like watching the Olympics, like figure skating is like one of my favorite things to watch because I understand like the mechanics of something like that is so challenging, but when you do it, it feels like the only way I can describe it is it feels like flying. And that to me is absolute freedom. And it is one of the greatest loves of my life is is dancing and music. I think that would be definitely my contentment place. It's funny that you say stillness. And and when I think of my contentment places, it's like movement. It's like backpacking, it's cycling, Mm. it's, it's dancing. Yeah. So I love the juxtaposition of that though, because those moments of stillness allow us to slow down enough to to recognize and to see and to acknowledge what is, what is there, what is present. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think that that is beautiful. And it's a perfect segue for me to share the excerpt from my book. And then we can let the listeners move about their day. No pun intended. (laughs) Uh, Pun intended. It's so funny. The excerpt I'm going to read is about being still. So there you go. It's all, it's all (laughs) in perfect harmony. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is from the chapter, You Are Radically Present, which is chapter four. I could feel my breath deepening as I listened to the sounds of Tibetan bulls in the distance. I thought of the moment when I was a child and heard my first drive-by shooting. Watching my belly rise and fall, I felt my body contracting again. Just breathe. I told myself, you're okay. I let my arms release, felt my upper body soften and felt like my entire body was moving deeper into the ground. I felt a trickle of water move down the side of my cheek, then another, then another. I opened my eyes as they welled up with salt water. I could see a palm tree through the short and narrow window above the Buddha shrine. I let the tears stream down the side of my face. Moments later, I emerged and made my way to my car, feeling a deep sadness. Time was passing. Mm -hmm. My life was a current, a quick flowing river. I was a spectator idly watching as the stream flowed to different places, hurried and without direction. I spent so much time worrying about what everyone else was doing that I hadn't stopped to think for myself. I had created unhealthy impressions, although not all of them were negative. The ones I'd let live in my mind needed to go. The promise of yoga and meditation is to make the unconscious conscious. It's bringing to light the mounds that lie below the surface. When you experience moments that leave deep impressions, you don't need to dissect them. You don't need to figure out how or why they worked. They worked. That's enough to move forward. Okay, you just brought me to tears. Thank you. (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Yeah, that's a... But it's true. I think it's all relative to this idea of contentment and our ability to be in the current of what is. And if we really believe that we are radically loved and radically supported, that we know that everything in our life, all the tools that we have before us are there for us to use. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: To use, not to just stare at talk about right Mm -hmm. yeah so that's it
1: that's my spiel Hmm. I love that I just want to say that I so appreciate the ability to sit in that and like remember to tell yourself to breathe and remember to tell yourself to ground and I just am like visualizing this adorable little rosie in that time in that chaos creating stillness and creating a space for yourself that is sacred what a gift.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Mostly what I love is to hear the reader's reflection of their own. Right. Mm-hmm. So the way that you relate to that and the way that you, the listener relates to that. So I'm excited if you've already read the book or in the middle of reading it, please let us know how it's going. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to, um, Leave a review if you can. It really does help. Again, I have to say that with the utmost humility because it just irks me every time I say it. I think it's important for everybody to be proud of their work. And I am proud, but I also realize how trivial a lot of this is in the grand scheme of things. And hopefully it serves as a tool, as a companion for everybody to write their own story it's an invitation. And so I hope that people really get that from this. So Mm -hmm. that being said, thank you. Thank you, Tessa so much. And thank you everybody so much for listening till next time. Thank you so much for listening to the radically loved podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on Facebook at radically loved Rosie on Instagram at Rosie Acosta and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.